Good morning. And first of all, thank you for all of you who came and helped out at last night's Parish Crab Feed. It was a great success. It was another sold-out event. The place was jam-packed, and the hard work of our Parish Crab Feed committee, and they've been working tirelessly for the past couple weeks, and all the prizes and the gifts that were donated and raffled off. We raised a ton of money for our faith formation program. So again, thank you for all of your support. But last night especially was a little bittersweet. I don't know if many of you heard, but one of our key staff members of our faith formation team has been reassigned, Sister Laura. She's been with us for the last three years, and since the last month it was announced that her community was moving her to a parish in Detroit, Michigan. And so they're starting a new mission out there, so she's going to proclaim the good news to to Detroit, Michigan, and especially after their loss in the playoff game last week, and you know, they need, they need to hear the good news. So. But so we're losing Sister Laura, so it was sad last night, she gave a little talk. But also, it's a, it's a bittersweet because even though we're losing Sister Laura, we're getting two brand new sisters to our parish, Sister Adriana and Sister Claudia. And it's all in the parish bulletin, there's a photo of them smiling in front of the parish church as we say goodbye to Sister Laura, but then at the same time welcoming two brand new sisters to our parish. And Sister Adriana and Sister Claudia are actually two local girls. They grew up just in Dixon. And so now they're coming back and to the great joy of especially Sister Claudia's mother, she's back home because she was, for the last 14 years, she was on mission in Peru. And so now she's back here locally. And so it was a beautiful event last night, if we're a little tired, because we were dancing late into the night. St. Mary's line dancing group was going wild. If you, we have a line dancing group. I don't know if you're aware of that. But. So part of parish ministry, of course, is as we enter into your lives in the most pivotal, beautiful celebrations of, of any family. Yesterday, for example, we had eight baptisms here. It was beautiful. And then we had two weddings right after that. And in the last couple of weeks, between just not counting Father Reggie, but just in one week period, I had five funerals. <laughs> and if you ever ask a parish priest, and they'll secretly tell you, <laughs> what do you prefer? Doing a funeral or doing a wedding? Sounds kind of morbid, but most priests will say we actually prefer funerals. Why? There's an openness to people during funerals. There's an openness of hearts there. As opposed to weddings. If you've ever been to a wedding, everybody is stressed out at a wedding. The the bride and groom are stressed out. The parents of the bride and the groom are stressed out. The the bridesmaids are stressed out. The best man is stressed out. The the ring bearer is stressed out. The priest is stressed out. The choir is stressed out. Everybody's stressed out at a wedding because there's so much pressure to look good and to celebrate. It's a beautiful occasion. Don't get me wrong. Weddings are spectacular, beautiful. Ah, but at a funeral, 
there's a recognition in everybody that we are in need of something. And it's the same need and recognition that the crowds in the gospel today, why they pressed in on Jesus. Because we ask ourselves, why are the people coming in as we hear in the gospel? It says that Jesus, first of all, he goes to heal the mother-in-law of Simon. And people hear about Jesus, and then all of a sudden, said the crowds. Imagine, it must have been hundreds, if not thousands of people. The whole town gathered at the door. And Jesus cured many of the sick, those with various diseases. They drove out demons. And then Jesus briefly, he gets a little break. He goes away to pray a little, for a little while. And then his apostles come and says, Jesus, everyone is looking for you. Why are they looking? Because at funerals, and at the same time, in a very similar way, what sickness does is that it forces us to recognize that we need a Savior. Yesterday, I was, no, on Friday, I was at UC Davis Med Center in Sacramento, visiting a parishioner of ours. And if you've ever been to UC Davis Med Center, it's the biggest hospital in the Sacramento region. It's, it's the main trauma center. It has 635 hospital beds at capacity. And if you've ever been to the, the Med Center, it's a huge, huge building. And, and as I was walking up towards the building inside the front doors, I paused a little bit and I started praying because I know everyone in this building is carrying tremendous weight everybody in that building and I just called upon the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit descend upon this place heal everyone if you will it just as you healed the sick, the blind, the crippled, the deaf, Jesus, in that same power, just send your mighty Holy Spirit upon this place and heal everyone who are in need of you. Jesus, we need you. And if you will it, heal them. Do we believe as Christians that Jesus still physically heals people? Yes. One of my best friends in college when I was just here at Davis, in his sophomore year, in a freak accident, he tears his sciatic nerve. He was paralyzed from the waist down. No doctor, no surgeon would touch him because they said, his name was John, John, if we go in and try to repair, we're afraid that you may become completely paralyzed. So we'd rather have you uh, paralyzed from the waist down rather than your entire body. For seven months, he couldn't walk. Everybody had given up. 
he in fact had given up on his faith. He said he was angry with Jesus, angry with God, because you're a sophomore in college, that's the prime when we're physically the strongest. His mother remarked how it, was, she, it broke her heart because he would crawl around the house on his, on his elbows just to get anywhere. And as a mother, that breaks your heart to see your own son like that. And at the time, he was living just in Hercules. And then they heard there was a woman visiting from the Philippines. Her name was Feli Santos, a tiny little old Filipino woman. You know, my people, you know, Filipinos, we're not that big. We're, we're small people. Feli Santos was renowned with a gift of healing. Desperate, they call, they get someone, they get in talk, contact with Feli, and they said, Feli, come to our house. My son is paralyzed. Can you pray over him? And so this old Filipino lady, sure enough, she goes. John walks, no walk, crawls in <laughs> and sees this old Filipino lady and says, you're here to help me? Mocked her. I'm here to pray. She began to pray over his back. He had him, turned them over and she began, she put her hands on his lower back, invoking Jesus, Mary, the saints. The next day, he was scheduled to receive his body cast. He was being fitted for body casts so that his body doesn't atrophy too much. My friend John walked into that doctor's office the next day. He said the nurses and the doctors, when he walked in, they were shocked. They said, how are you walking? How? What happened? To the whole office, he told all the medical staff, the nurses, the doctors, he said to them, an old Filipino lady in the name of Jesus Christ healed me. You know what the doctor said? His doctor said in response, whatever works for you. <laughs> he had no comprehension in his brain that Jesus Christ heals. What we see in the gospel today is a fulfillment of the prophecies of Isaiah 14 and Malachi. In these two books of the Old Testament, it prophesied that when the Messiah would come, he would bring healing. Now, the question probably into your mind and some of you says, well, why doesn't Jesus heal everyone now? I don't know. Sometimes Jesus heals Physically, sometimes he doesn't. But one thing is for sure, whether physical healing happens or not, what Jesus tells us and what St. Paul speaks about beautifully in that second reading, this good news of which he now goes and proclaims, is that death and sickness no longer has the final word anymore. The good news is that you and I are not our, our decrepit bodies, no matter how beautiful or how healthy we are, will eventually fail. 
But that is not the end, nor is the funeral the end. See, the great good news why St. Paul so powerfully speaks about in the gospel, he says, to the weak I became weak to the, so I can win the weak. I have become all things to save at least some, for I do all of this for the sake of the gospel, so that I too may have a share in it. The presence of Jesus Christ always heals spiritually, and we pray if it's God's providence, physically. Knowing that, as I stood in front of UC Davis Med Center, I said, Jesus, if you will it, heal these people that I'm about to visit. Me, as your humble servants, your priests, let me bring the good news to them. And then I walked in. Jesus heals. And as we approach Lent, February 14th, whatever you take up during Lent, stay close to Jesus. Go to confession. Go to Mass as much as possible. Whatever you do, draw close to Jesus. Only He brings healing that we need.